Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to the Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on Podbean.com. And I just want to say, those of you who are listening live, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Uh, lots of food and actually saying to hell with uh, whatever your state's lockdown orders were. And going out and seeing family. Um, as for me, we really didn't do a whole lot of seeing family. Um, my in-laws have a lot of health issues, and they just decided that it would be best if you know we all kind of held back and decided to wait until. <clears throat> pardon me. Decided to wait until Christmas to have our big family get together because, eh, we've done Thanksgivings apart while I was in the army. So that's not such a big deal, but we've always done Christmas together. So, yeah, we put that off for the sake of Christmas. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, sinuses are still going crazy because the weather here doesn't know what the hell it wants to do. But I'm just do a little ad break right off the bat here. Uh, give a shout out to Built Bars. Um, if you didn't act on Thursday evening when the uh, Built Bar Black Friday sale went into effect. I hate to say this, but you have missed out on the delicious Built Bar cookies and cream, the white chocolate cookies and cream Built Bars. Um, They sent me samples, and they were amazing. Anywho, but because of uh, the craziness that sold them out in like a day and a half, Built Bar on Sunday, sometime in the afternoon, their Cyber Monday sales will go into effect, and they will still have the white chocolate salted caramel brownie bars, you know, till those run out. But they've also brought out the, they'll also be having the Cyber Monday flavors of white chocolate coconut deluxe, white chocolate cherry sundae made with real cherries, and they'll also be adding a free Built Bites advent calendar with every order. 25% off and two free candy cane brownie bars, which are also amazing to every order as well. So like I said, if you missed out on the black Friday sale tomorrow, or if you're listening to this on Sunday, once it's posted, uh, be checking out, uh, checking it out, makes watching for when it goes live for the cyber Monday sale. Check it out. 25% off. Again, they're introducing white, uh, the white coconut deluxe bars, which would be like a white chocolate mounds bar. Absolutely amazing. The white chocolate cherry sundae made with real cherries. And you'll get the uh, Built Bites advent calendar, 25% off, and the two full-size candy cane brownies. Oh, my God. Just check it out. I will have the link in the show notes so you can be able to click that. Or if you just go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code RELENTLESS and get your Cyber Monday savings. That's Built Bar, the greatest protein bars ever made. So the news has been absolutely going crazy this week. Um, Right before Thanksgiving, there was a Supreme Court ruling that I'm going to get into. Uh, Let's see. General Flynn was pardoned which I don't think it should have ever come to a pardon, but we will get to that in just a, in just a little bit. And, well, Andrew Cuomo, God, God bless Andrew Cuomo. <clears throat> pardon me. Not only is he the most killingest governor in the United States of America right now, 
He is also a current frontrunner for Time Person of the Year. I don't have my sad trombone anymore. Dadgummit. I had to rearrange my uh my soundboard on my iPad because my screen's jacked up. So if you go back a few few weeks episodes, you'll hear a crazy, crazy uh nuttiness going on with music in the background where it's trying to play beds and everything. It's just doing the best I can with what little I've got. Trying to see who all's available. Oh! <laughs> Libertarian Ninja, Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. I am not affiliated with The Blaze. I am not affiliated with Stuber Gear and Stu Does America. However, I have no issue plugging that website, Andrew Cuomo is awful.com. Or if you think his brother Chris is worse, you can go to Chris Cuomo is worse.com. Maybe get an Andrew Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo is awful. Chris Cuomo is worse. Matching t-shirts. Wear them in tandem with someone you love. I don't know. Stu, I fully expect you to give me at least a dollar for plugging your website. I will be sure to tag uh, Lisa when I post this episode. That way she can pass the word on to you. But anyways, with all the uh, Andrew Cuomo stuff going on, uh, there's an article that was written by Alexis Grinnell. Alexis Grinnell used to be a staffer for none other than Andrew Cuomo. And she has a few thoughts on Mr. Cuomo. And they're not pretty. And I'm, I'm going to read this eh, pretty much word for word. There will be some censoring because she uses some naughty language, and this is a PG-13 show, and I'm still trying to figure out how to bleep things out. All right. The collapse of the Cuomo sexual. St. Andrew of COVID, our savior of the spring, is now milking his 15 minutes of fame for an extra 30. By Alexis Grinnell. This posted on uh, the 26th of November. He's back. The Andrew Cuomo New Yorkers know and mostly tolerate the snarling attack dog who gaslights fellow Democrats and deploys staff to call his female critics, quote, effing idiots, end quote, dropped down to earth last week. It was a hard landing after a long distance love affair with a fan base in the galaxy far, far away. In the middle of one of his now Emmy Award winning, uh, apparently for using television to inform and calm people around the world, Red Room press conferences, the governor blew a gasket. The trouble started when Jimmy Velkin from the Wall Street Journal asked the obvious question that every New York City public school parent wanted to know. Will schools be open tomorrow? Cuomo's months, years really, of pissing all over Mayor de Blasio have naturally caused confusion over who owns this loser of a decision compounded by the fact that the city, 3%, and the states, 2.5%, data on infection rates don't align. So rather than give a straight answer, the self-described cool dude in a loose mood threw a Trump-style tantrum. Obviously, you can tell how the author feels about Donald Trump, but that's neither here nor there. I'm going to try to do this with my best bad Al Pacino doing a bad Andrew Cuomo impersonation impersonation. First of all, let's try not to be obnoxious and offensive in your tone because you're 100% wrong. These laws have been in effect for months. I don't know if you were here or you were paying attention. From there, it devolved quickly into a hot screeching mess. We did it already. There's the law. An orange zone and a red zone follow the facts. Vilkin pressed on. I, I, I'm confused. Parents are still confused as well. They're not confused. Cuomo snapped back, never answering the question. You're confused. Read the law, and they won't be confused. When a New York Times reporter chimed in that he, too, was confused, the governor brushed aside as a media conspiracy. Yeah, I, I really don't care what you think. Of course you agree with him because you're in the same business with him. 
The whole show, show ended with Cuomo standing behind his dais, shouting at the entire room, New Yorkers are doing a great job. And don't demean them. It's respect, disrespectful to New Yorkers. <laughs> uh, Kim wants to know, what, I wonder when Andrew will start asking people to kiss his ring. That is a darn good question. Or maybe just the one. Cuomo undeniably offered a vision of competent, humane government at the height of the crisis, but this is who he is at the... I'm sorry, this printed off weird, and there's stupid links that went on top of it. It's you know, basically his staff. He instructs his staff to regularly, flexibly insult anyone who criticizes handling of the pandemic. And but yeah, it's when people from New York are ripping Andrew Cuomo because okay, we're finally seeing the bullcrap that you put forward when you decided that. You know, hey, I'm I'm Andrew Cuomo. Me and my nipple ring. We're going to tell you how to how to run your lives here in New York. Yeah, when people are finally starting to see through that, in upstate New York, western New York, people are already freaking out. In Rochester, just a few days ago, they had a huge anti-lockdown protest. And granted, there were some pictures that came out that showed you know kind of crazy people in the crowd. But for the most part, it was normal, everyday people who they don't want to be stuck in their homes. They don't want to be forced to wear a mask. And this is the my position has been this entire time. If you are concerned for your health and you choose to wear a mask, wear a mask. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. Just slap a mask on. Today, I had to go to the pharmacy, pick up some meds for my wife. I walked in. They had someone sitting at the door. Excuse me, sir. Could you please put a mask on? Asked nicely. Wasn't rude. Was very polite. I had no issues taking a mask from her and slapping it on my face. Not a big deal. Why? Because there was a sense of, you know, I'm sure you don't want to put this on. And I don't want to make a big deal out of it. But could you please do it? Because they understand that in a small community. People don't want to be pushed around. They don't want to be told what to do. They just want to go about their lives. And I'm sure that she has gotten pushback from some people. You know, I don't need no damn mask. This virus ain't going to kill me. But yeah, I wasn't in the mood to be throwing a fit. And it's like, oh, okay. I'm, get, I'm coming in here to drop $2 on some medicine. I really don't care. It's going to be five minutes out of my life. I'm wearing the stupid mask. It doesn't matter. I don't have an issue with that. If a business says, hey, you know, we really appreciate your patronage. But we really like you to wear a mask if you want to come in. Okay, that's cool. It's a private business. And this is our business. This is how we're going to do things. You, We want you to wear a mask. Okay, cool. If I'm so put off by wearing a mask that I won't shop your business, I'll take my business elsewhere. But generally speaking... I'm not that big of a prick when it comes to masks. I I do have, you know, reservations because, you know, there was that study in Belgium that came out last week that, you know, there is a statistical, uh, statistically incomparable, you know, difference between wearing a mask and not wearing a mask. And their control group that went maskless, 1.8% of the participants got the Rona. In hard numbers, and then, uh, was it 2.1% of the masked people got the Rona. And granted, there were, you know, because the unmasked number was a larger group, that 1.8% ended up being a larger hard number than the masked group. Still, it doesn't mean anything that, you know, just throwing a mask on is going to prevent anything from happening. <laughs> uh, Libertarian Ninja says if he's not in his work uniform, he won't wear one. Hey, that's on you. If at work, they, 
If at my place of business, they said, hey, everyone's going to wear a mask. Doesn't matter what your job is. Doesn't matter how close you are to any people. You know what? I like a paycheck. I make darn good money. So I will put that mask on. You know, condition of work. If I don't like the conditions of work, guess what? I'm free to go. I'm not contracted. I'm not going to get penalized for leaving other than uh, I'm probably going to take a pay cut going somewhere else doing the same thing because, you know, where I work now, I have proven that I deserve the rate I get. Go somewhere else, I haven't proven squat yet, so I'm going to take what they give me, and I'm really not in the mood to deal with that. But, anywho's, back to more Governor Cuomo news. Governor Cuomo's also on the losing end of a Supreme Court ruling. Uh, on Wednesday night, Supreme Court came out and said, yeah, telling churches that they have to restrict how many people can worship to a far greater extent than you know, what you've deemed essential businesses, that is unconstitutional. And he turned around and called it irrelevant. Uh, this is from Mercury News. Uh, Washington, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on Thursday dismissed as irrelevant a U.S. Supreme Court ruling a decision blocking coronavirus restrictions imposed on religious gatherings, saying it related to specific areas that were no longer considered high risk. Uh-huh. The order marked one of the first consequential actions on the court involving President Trump's new appointee, conservative Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who cast a deciding vote in favor of the religious groups. Conservative Chief Justice John Roberts dissented along with the court's three liberals. I, I think this is written wrong because Chief Justice John Roberts is one of the court's four liberals. Happy Thanksgiving, Trump tweeted on Thursday in response to the, to the decision. The case stemmed from an October 6th decision by Cuomo, a Democrat, to shut down non-essential businesses in targeted areas where infections have been spiked, including some neighborhoods in Brooklyn. New York has categorized areas where coronavirus infections are increasing in severity as yellow, orange, or red. Under Cuomo's restrictions, houses of worship in red zone could remain open at 25% capacity, up to a maximum of 10 people. So you have a church in Brooklyn that has a thousand congregants. You can have up to 10. That doesn't seem like a, that really doesn't sound very helpful. In a call with reporters on Thursday, Cuomo said the high court's ruling would have no impact on the state's virus control efforts because the red zone status in that area in question had expired last week. It's irrelevant from any practical impact because the zone that they were talking about has already been moved, the government said. I think this is really just an opportunity for the court to express its philosophy and politics. End quote. Yes. Uh, you mean the philosophy of the United States Constitution? You know, with the whole establishment clause. You know, not only does the establishment clause prevent the state from establishing a state religion, it prevents the state from establishing laws that prohibit the exercise of established religions. Some people, you know, some people, oh, that's the, that's the free, that's free exercise. It's all the same clause. Because if you have a state establishing what a, the religion is going to be, you have a state you know, that's basically going to put the kibosh on, you know, any other, you know, opposing religious views. But, you know, obviously, you know, the whole idea that saying churches can't meet, saying churches have to meet at a reduced number when the liquor store down the street can can hold twice as many people 
at any given time, they can be open. They can run full frigging capacity because, oh, they also sell groceries. Kim says we need to fight for our religious liberties. Otherwise, we will be like Christians in China. China. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these states are already making it like that. I mean, look at the, what, in Kentucky. Kentucky. Back at Easter, you had police officers parked outside of a church waiting for people to pull in and sit in their cars and have a drive-in Easter service. And they went through writing down license plate numbers of cars, ticketing the people in the cars who were obviously socially distanced because how are you going to get the co- get the Rona from the guy two parking spots over? Last time I checked, I don't think it's going to happen. If anyone in those cars has the Rona, if they have their, even if they have their window down, you have other cars 10, 15 feet away, unless they're just like spitting at everyone around them, they're not going to pass the Rona. <laughs> uh, let's see. He, he also pointed out the decision, which now goes to the second U.S. Court of Appeals is not final and did not appear to affect New York State's rules for mass gatherings. However, it does set a precedent. The House of Worship argued that the limits imposed by the state violated the religious freedoms protected by the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment and that their facilities were singled out for more stringent restrictions than essential businesses such as food stores. And we've all seen these videos of cops like lifting themselves up to look into the windows of a synagogue to see how many people were inside. When people were having a religious gathering at their home, cops in Brooklyn, you know, having fights with getting into fights with people because, you know, obviously you're having a gathering because you have all these cars parked out front, people calling and complaining about it. And now we're going now we're going to come in, give you all a hard time because oh, you're doing something religious. Oh, my God. The Orthodox congregations, Agadath Israel of Kew Garden Hills and Agadath Israel of Madison, as well as nationwide Orthodox Jewish group Agadath Israel of America, requested the injunction. A federal judge in Brooklyn rejected separate requests made by the religious groups on October 9th. The New York City-based Second Circuit declined emergency requests filed with both sets of challengers on November 9th. In two previous cases this year, the court, in 5-4 votes, turned away similar requests by churches in Nevada and California. Those votes occurred before the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg and saw her and other three liberal members of the court joined by Roberts in the majority. And it, it's absolutely insane. It. It's four words, folks. Shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. The people in this country, they have the God-given right to say what they want against their government. They have the God-given right to petition the government for redress. They have the God-given right to put out pamphlets and newspaper articles and podcasts and all of this stuff complaining about the government. We have the freedom to gather as a mass group and protest against the government. And we have the right to worship the God of our understanding in the matter that we see fit. How freaking hard is it for a Supreme Court justice, someone who was supposed to be so knowledgeable in the intent of the U.S. Constitution to get it through their thick freaking heads? And for a long time, I haven't held up, you know, Justice Roberts as some sort of, you know, Acme of conservative thought because he's shown time and time again he'd rather be 
He'd rather be known for the peacekeeper. He'd rather be known as, you know, I was just trying to keep the Supreme Court above the political fray. Oh, my God. It, no, it, it, it shouldn't matter what the political fray is. If the left is making a constitutional argument, they're making an argument that is based in the Constitution, and the right is not able to make a convincing constitutional argument about what they're doing is wrong, guess what? The left wins because it's in the Constitution. If the right is making the argument that is based in the Constitution, like, I don't know, it's a Second Amendment case, um, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, that's not a hard concept. Yes, it, there is a clause about, you know, you know, about a well-regulated militia being being necessary for a free state, comma, the right of the people shall not be infringed. What's so hard to understand about that? However, it's just what as our country has shown time and time and time and time and time again, an emergency is the perfect time to trample on people's God-given rights. Hurricane Katrina, you had the police department of New Orleans going through the, the most dangerous parts of the city. And what were they doing? Oh, they were confiscating firearms from law-abiding citizens. Because there were law-abiding citizens who said, you know what? I don't want people to come through and ransack my freaking house you know, while I've evacuated and take all my goods and I'm in a spot where my house won't be underwater, so I'm going to stay here. I'm going to defend it. And so they come in, they get people's names. They wouldn't force them to leave, but by God, they take their guns. You had National Guard troops going through New Orleans and seizing weapons and hoping to God they wouldn't have to open fire on their fellow citizens. Go back to go back to the 1940s after Pearl Harbor. <gasps> oh no, these Japanese people—they could be reporting back to Hirohito. We need to do something about it. Let's round them up, put them in camps. We'll take all the property. We'll take all their belongings. We don't care. We just we we just can't have them there on the coast. Uh, there on the coast, they could be saboteurs. And so, what did? What did Roosevelt do? Oh, he interned all the Japanese. <laughs> Kim says, I think some politicians just need Constitution for dummies. I think we have Supreme Court justices who need Constitution for dummies. I mean, the only, honestly, the only liberal on the Supreme Court who's worth her salt is, uh, is Kagan. Because she's the wild card of the bunch. She's the one who'll go, mm, you know what? Yeah, I think the constitutional case uh, stands up versus the emotions case. So let's go with it. And, and it's sad that, you know, that Kagan is more likely to vote with the conservatives than John freaking Roberts. That is incredibly sad. But, say la vie, I mean, just think, instead of, uh, you know, Chief, you know, Chief Justice Roberts, he, he could have been, um, Chief Justice Kavanaugh. Unfortunately, uh, they talked George W. Bush out of recommending Kavanaugh for the bench. But oh Justice John Roberts, you know, he he's a good guy. You know, we can vouch for him. Oh, well, he doesn't have a whole lot of writings. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. We know that he hasn't written a lot, 
We know we ha- he hasn't given a lot of rulings from the bench. So, you know, it could be con- controversial or whatever. But yeah, trust us. When it comes down to when it's going to count, he'll be there. Uh-huh. Right. I'm going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring, and I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop, and there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. Same cardboard flavored doormat textured protein bar. How about drink mix packets for your water bottles that are full of artificial sweeteners? Tired of a whole regimen of pre workout and protein shakes for your trip to the gym? Go to builtbar.com for their selection of great tasting protein bars, built boost energy drink mixes, and built go energy gels. Built Bar offers 18 delicious flavors of protein bars with only four to five net carbs for you keto dieters, six flavors of Built Boost Energy Drink Mix, and three flavors of Built Go Energy Gel. Built Bars are made in America using real ingredients like honey and dark chocolate. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code RELENTLESS to save 10% and let them know you heard about them from Relentless Daring. All right, welcome back. Who had to take a quick break, catch our breath? You know, have have a little have a little bookers to kind of you know relax those uh, vocal cords a bit. So, anyways, in, in the whole spirit of COVID and crapping on everybody around you, <laughs> Kim said yes. A bourbon break. It's, it's, it was just a couple little sips of bookers and 126 proof, delicious, delicious. Barrel strength alcohol. Ah. No, I am not sponsored by Booker's. Although, hey, at Jim Beam, if you would like to throw money at, you know, at my, at my little podcast, I would not be opposed to taking it. Just saying. So out of a, uh, I'm a, I would say my neck of the woods, but uh, this is from. The whole flatlands up north and kind of west and attached to Kansas. Priest calls police a mother of 11 praying in an empty church without a mask. Carl! Okay, that was not what I meant to hit, but it works. Because Carl, you suck. Kansas City, Missouri, November 24, 2020. The pastor of a Catholic church in Kansas City, Missouri, had a woman arrested as she prayed with her children in the pews of Our Lady of Perpetual Help for refusing to wear a mask, despite instructions in the church's previous Sunday bulletin and the Dyson website stating that masks required, quote, except when remaining in the pew, end quote. The mother of 11 children, six of whom are adopted, said in an interview with Restoring the Faith Media that she came to the church with her family to pray Vespers, as she does every year on Halloween. She arrived early and was praying private devotions with her husband and children when police arrived and arrested her at the request of church pastor, Reverend Gary Zeratus, CSSR. <laughs> oh, the ninja says those people should be calling 1-800-I'm-a-Nazi instead of the police. Yeah, uh, Springfield, Missouri, they put their mask mandate into effect and said, if you see people not wearing their mask, call 911. Because there's, in a city of 150,000 people, there is nothing, nothing more pressing for cops to worry about in a city with high crime than to call your neighbor because... Um, hi, this is Karen, and Susan next door, she's out and about not wearing her mask. 
Uh, the bulletin issued by Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church on October 25th reads, quote, In accordance with the diocesan rules and the current Kansas City ordinance, everyone must wear a mask in church unless you are seated in your pew, end quote. The Kansas City Police Incident Report says the pastor told the officers that the mother, whose name she wished to remain anonymous, was not wearing a mask when she entered the church, and neither were her children. The mother said that the keyholder church yelled at her and her children as they entered for not wearing masks, even though no one was in the church at the time. She continued on to appear to pray the Divine Mercy Chapel with her children, after which she reported the pastor approached them without wearing a mask himself and told her that she would have to put on a mask and leave the church. <laughs> wow! Since when does a church tell parishioners to GTFO? What the... <laughs> Kim says, look out for the brown shirts. That would be more fitting if they were wearing the brown pants. That's why I wore the red shirt. Well, you can't see if I'm bleeding. The police report says it is not the police department's position to enforce the mask ordinance in Kansas City. The health department does that here. It was the pastor's request that we ask her to leave or arrest her for trespassing. The report continues about 7 p.m. The pastor called and relayed to the officers that in addition to the order by Mayor Lucas to wear a mask, it's the policy of the church diocese that everybody inside the church wear a mask. There are several signs outside the church indicating the masks are required. Kansas City's emergency order stipulates that masks are required in all indoor public spaces where people can't be six feet apart. The website of the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, currently states, quote, while faithful are obliged to wear a mask upon entering the church and during the celebration of Mass, except when remaining in the pew. Em emphasis in the original. Unless the local city county health directive so require and for brief mo brief moment of receiving Holy Communion. Not only does the bulletin for Our Lady of Perpetual Health Church restate this exception for those in a pew, but the church is what the mother described as a, quote, monstrosity of a cathedral the size of a football field, end quote. It seats up to 800 people and has the longest aisle in Kansas City, according to the church website. The bulletin itself said regarding All Saints Vesper service that evening, quote, we have plenty of good safe space in the church for you to come and enjoy this beautiful hour of prayer, end quote. LifeSite News reached out to Our Lady of Perpetual Help Church, which declined to comment on the mother's arrest. What a shocker. LifeSite News has also reached out repeatedly to the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, but has not received a response. Quote, nobody's asked me to match for six weeks in any store in Kansas City, the mother said. When, as what she thought was wrong with wearing a mask, she said, quote, if I was made to do that, I would probably faint or throw up. I really physically know I couldn't wear a mask in church. I just have to go with my gut, and that's what I did. I did lean on some interviews I saw with priests that were encouraging not to mask, and that gave me hope, she added. The diocese communications office stated, quote, The diocese has no objections to charges being dismissed against the disruptive attendee. Um, based on what's being said, I don't see what she was disrupting. She was disrupting a whole hell of a lot of nothing. But that decision would need to be made by the arresting officer. Uh, actually, it's probably going to be made by the the uh, prosecutor who's going to make a big political production of it just because I have no faith in humanity. And I do believe that's exactly what they will do. Drag her out in front of the cameras and this woman was not wearing a mask in church. She is a witch badass. If you didn't hear that in the background, that was uh, my wonderful daughter echoing the sentiments of burning the witches. Uh, the mother was emotional as she recounted how one of her children, Mary, who was autistic, had noticed her rosary fell to the floor and as she was being handcuffed, asked why the police had thrown her rosary down. The mother told her, Mary, I don't think they threw my rosary on the floor. I don't know what happened, but they handcuffed me. So my rosary is in my hands. It probably just fell to the floor. Mary picked it up and put it in my purse. The mother was asked what she would say if she had an opportunity to address the chancery. 
Quote, first of all, anyone who has the right to write this, it has to be done. And is it going to be done? No, I don't think it's going to be done until people say, stop it. I want my holy water back. I want my confessional. I want my singing. I want my church back. This is our church, guys. We have to do something. We can't wait. Now is the time. We cannot wait until the second lockdown. That's going to be too late. And that's ridiculous. That It's come to this point where we're having to fight it out in churches. We have to fight it out with you know, the pastors. I mean, here in this area, we had pastors who have been incredibly cautious. They haven't wanted to enact the, the amounts of caution they've been using, but you know, they they have congregations with mostly elderly people, so they're really concerned. I mean, my my uncle is a pastor at a church that's had several COVID deaths in it. He's had COVID. His wife has had COVID. And it's it's been hit hard. But they're carrying on. You know, we've had churches that have been incredibly flippant about it. <clears throat> Pardon me. You know, where we were going to church, um, when all the initial COVID stuff kind of petered off and they started having services again, their pastor was incredibly, incredibly. Well, we've got God on our side. No one's going to get sick here again. If you're too scared to go to church because of a virus, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, kind of demeaning to people who, you know, are legitimately concerned. (laughs) Is that church going to make the lady wear a piece of flair for not wearing a mask? Yes, a big scarlet M upon her chest for being maskless. And they're going to make her their children do it too, because you know, if you're going to have one scarlet letter, let's have a bunch of scarlet letters. But you know, come think of it, I wonder if like in the incredibly, incredibly boring Nathaniel Hawthorne book, is that pastor who was uh maskless in the church, is he going to uh you know, in his guilt? Is he going to, you know, carve a big scarlet M into his chest with a pocket knife? These are these are things I wonder about. I'm sure it's not healthy, but I still wonder about them. But it's 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 getting so ridiculous. You know, like I said, Springfield, Missouri, where they're telling people that if you see someone not wearing a mask, call nine one one. Because there's obviously nothing else that could be going on. You know, it's just absolutely insane. And um, I was going to touch on this final thing. Speaking of insanity, General Flynn was finally pardoned by Donald Trump. Now... Think what you will of Donald Trump. Think what you will of Michael Flynn. I don't necessarily think he was the greatest guy in the world. I mean, he he's not the worst human being that Donald Trump has surrounded himself with, Steve Bannon. But he definitely had some shady dealings, you know, especially with Turkey. Um, there's allegations that he was part of a plot to kidnap some cleric who is in self-exile and send him, hand him over to Erdogan. I, I said, there's accusations, but I don't think there's any evidence. And yes, basically Twitter is all a flurry over. Oh, just like Donald Trump. Really? Because. What exactly did Michael Flynn do? He pled guilty to lying to the FBI. Oh, you mean when the FBI said, oh, no, we don't think he's lying. Then they altered their 302s to say, oh, no, he was lying. Let's charge him with with lying to the FBI. And then they spent three years fighting, turning over all of the uh, documents that should have been handed to Sidney Powell during discovery, you know, that way she could have seen the exculpatory evidence that, oh, yeah, we don't think he's lying to us. 
and all these handwritten notes that, wait, this doesn't look right. And I was in a Twitter battle with some knucklehead who, ah, well, what about this Chevron deference? It's like, okay, let me look it up because I don't know what Chevron deference is. Oh, you had to look it up? Are you some sort of legal expert? Mm, no, I'm not a legal expert. I'm an infantryman, but I know my shortcomings. And I know what I don't know. And apparently when you admit in a stupid Twitter argument, which try to avoid those, I know they're fun. And I know it gives you something to do, but just try to avoid them at all costs. But if you can't, never admit that you don't know something. Because if you have the self-awareness to say, you know what? I don't know this, so I am going to look it up. Apparently, that makes you a, I don't know, a bad, horrible human being. And apparently, um, you know, if you're only a sergeant in the United States Army, your opinion as a veteran doesn't count for crap either. As I found out in a similar argument... Just, just watch it. Those, those, <laughs> those trolls will get you. They got me. But you know what? They're trolls. Screw them. I gave them some red meat for a couple hours. It was fun. Of course, you know, you point out, say, you know, I'm trying to have a reasonable conversation here, but all you want to do is resort to ad hominem. You're not even, you're not even arguing the issue. You're making personal attacks against me. And then they turn around, they griped at someone else in another thread about ad hominem attacks. I was just like, huh, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that's been my day, trying not to stab people through the Internet. <laughs> Ooh, Bronco Nagurski fan club, right? When Karen calls the emergency line about someone not wearing a mask, I hope some dispatcher is just like, slow down there, high speed. You have access to a tape measure. I hope you ensure they're six feet from everyone, too. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Oh, it's it's been a fun weekend. Ah, uh, so I want to talk about this first. I brought it up last week, but. I've been working on a side project, another podcast lovingly entitled The Whiskey Pod. Now, the trailer is available if you search The Whiskey Pod on Apple, Google Podcasts, <coughs> pardon me, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, yeah, all, all the major places. It is currently not yet available on iHeart or Spotify, It or no, it's on Spotify, it's not yet available on Pandora. It is available on Amazon Music, surprisingly enough. But if you go out and check out the podcast, go ahead and subscribe on your platform of choice. And then starting in January, episodes will be going live. I'm trying to work out a few interviews, so it's not just me sitting here talking about, you know, whatever bottle of bourbon I happen to be cracked into or bottle of scotch. I'm also a fan of the scotch or, you know, trying some crazy Irish whiskey because you know the people tell me Irish whiskey is good I've never really been a fan but I'm willing to give it a shot again but yeah it's a little thing I've been working on, on the side just because honestly as much as I love talking politics I love discussing the news I love making fun of stupid people I just need a break I didn't if that involves you know, sitting here for 30, 45 minutes with a glass of bourbon, telling stories, you know, telling a history of a bourbon, you know, telling a history of a distillery, whatever the case may be, doing an interview with, you know, oh, maybe I reached out to a tickle from uh, Moonshiners on Discovery Channel. <laughs> but, you know, just, some sort of interview where I can discuss this amazingly American beverage. I, I so look forward to it just because it's something different. And, you know, 
hopefully that one takes off and is it you know has the same modicum of success as this one as this show has but you know this is a weekly show so you know it's topical the other show is going to be more evergreen so we'll we'll see how it plays out but anyways that's going to wrap up the show for this week Bronco Nagurski fan club I'm sorry you came in at the right at the break and you missed the first half of insanity but thanks for showing up nonetheless I do appreciate you being here Kim and Libertarian Ninja there's a few of our regulars who didn't make it but you know it's always available on demand at relentlessdaring.com as well as all the major podcast platforms Apple Google Spotify Stitcher iHeart Pandora Amazon Music Tune in and oh, so many of them. I can't remember them anymore. But if it, if it hosts podcasts and is not SoundCloud, check it out. Again, if you're listening to this via the Apple Podcast, the same four things I asked every week. Number one, rate the show, preferably five stars. Number two, leave a nice review. That way, you know, people will, uh, will see the reviews when it pops up. There. You may like this podcast. Oh, people seem to like it, except for that one guy. What a douche. And number three, mash that subscribe button. That way it will update you every week when the new episode posts. <laughs> Aww, good stuff. Glad I got to catch what I did live. I'm glad you got to catch it, too. <laughs> Libertarian Ninja, 20, 20 stars, best podcast ever. It's great. Whatever. But, and number four, share the podcast. If there's someone who you think will like this show, maybe they'll like my sense of humor. Share it with them. Maybe it's someone who you think this podcast will drive them up the damn wall because they don't agree with anything I say. And you just want to be spiteful. I, I will be, I will gladly be a tool of your spite. Share it with them too. Maybe they'll hate everything I have to say, but you know what? By God, he's funny while he does it. You never know. So again, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Again, thank you all so very much for tuning in this week. Or if you are listening on demand, thank you for subscribing. And as always, stay relentless. This is Relentless Daring on Podbean.com.